0: What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. Yo. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Uh, how are we doing today, Casino? Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I'm fresh, man. Because I'm of the doing future good. Of this um, podcast is so bright. Yeah. It's yeah, so bright. There it is. I like that. I like <laughs> that. Um, no, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, did a lot of dad stuff today, which was great. Um, no joke. I, I took some old clothes to Goodwill. I went to the pool store to, get, to do some pool stuff, took the kid to the park, went to the bank. You know, i just feel very a dadish kid. today. No, a kid. My a kid, kid, I <laughs> yeah. just left my kid here, you know, <laughs> yeah. unattended. So the dogs <laughs> took care of her. I mean, I came back and, you know, I asked Rodney if he did okay or if she did okay. And he was like, yeah, hey, you know, everything's good. My yeah. my dogs can and talk.
0: People at the park. people at the park are like, <laughs> oh, is this your kid? And you're like, well, I'm a dad. So... You're not directly <laughs> lying to them, but it is answering the question. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's, <laughs> so. that's very true. It's very true. Oh. Uh. <laughs> but no, how are you, man? Uh,
0: Fantastic. It is uh, Tuesday here. We are about three hours away from Philadelphia Celtics. If I said this on the last pod casino, I said, and I even text this to you. I said if the Sixers lose both or one of these games, the series is over. And that's exactly what they did. I still think the series is over, but the Celtics are such dumb shits. Like just the way they play is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Well, it's, I, I mean, that's it, obviously it's,
1: it's funny because I mean, you were at Chuck E. Cheese, right? You said that's Chuck true. E. Cheese. Is that what I you was? Mean? Oh, it's gross. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, that that's more dad than anything ever. That's my terrific. my coworker yesterday, um, I was very I was dressed up very dad like yesterday as well at work. I had, I, I rolled in. I yes I had shoes on. Also, before I like that shirt I had.
0: You're wearing, no joke. Thanks, that man. is a nice shirt.
1: Yeah, so I got well, a lot of these. I'll start wearing them. Um, and I was just talking about. Um, I had a rough day with the kid yesterday. She was just kind of being a toddler, you know, being being two. And yeah. he goes, Oh, I don't want to hear any complaints and he's got two young kids as as well and i was like why what's up he goes i was at three hours at chuck e cheese with them the other day (laughs) i was like oh i was like dude you win all day you win so you win this argument as well any any parent taking their kid to chuck e cheese and then having to take them away from chuck e cheese like that's That's true so but chuck e cheese fun little bit every every slaps that's fine every time that i have to leave the park with the kid I literally have to look around. I think I've said this before. I have to look around and like, make sure people know I'm not stealing a child because she's just screaming bloody murder. Yeah. And like swing not like punch me, but just like, yeah, and she's like, no, <laughs> she swing, swing, slide, slide. go Maybe we it's... go. We. And I'm like, God, man, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe it's a dad thing, but when you
0: are now at the park with a child, right? Most, most of the time, your child, when you're at the park with a (laughs) child that is yours, I don't know if you do this, but I started noticing like, Oh man. Like you look around like the, like the, the parking lot surrounding the park and you're like, there is weirdly a lot of cars here with just people sitting in them. And there's no explanation why they're sitting at the park. You get what I'm saying? I
1: felt yes. Uh, At least this time around, it was it was this old old man just sitting on the bench by himself. Uh, He wasn't staring at the playground. He had his back towards the playground, but uh, that's fair enough. It's still just weird. You know what? You know what bothered me though was, uh, I mean, we're going on tangents. We're just telling you about our day. But um, uh, what bothered me was all of a sudden a van pulled up, and like I'm not kidding, there was six six children, the oldest probably being like seven years old, all come out Uh of this van. Right, and this mom and dad, they're taking forever. The dad doesn't get out. He looks like he's working on the computer. But why aren't your kids in school? First off, <laughs> I mean, there's a week left before school, and yeah. like I said, th- there's one child that wouldn't wouldn't make preschool. Every sing- everybody else would at least be in kindergarten at minimum. And I'm like, okay, but they let the kids out like just literally slide the door open and just let the kids run out. And you have the seven year old taking care of the like the one and a half year old kid. And the mom gets out like after ten minutes out of the vehicle with a giant box of chips, which fine, you know, you've got a lot of kids and you're trying but it's just like, okay, great parenting. You just let your kids jump out of a (laughs) with with weird people around and just let them go (laughs) weird. I didn't like that. But I was thinking that, you know, I've got a really nice backyard, a nice lot you know, white collar problems. Um, (laughs) So I I, I think I'm just going to get a a place, you know, like a swing, you know, because I could totally afford it. No, You're going to do a daddy daycare situation? Is this what you're saying? Dude, that would be fun. That would be fun. We don't do anything in the day. Do you want to come over and do a daddy daycare? I mean, have you seen daycare prices? We could
0: literally charge $700 for the day and parents would be like,
1: that's reasonable.
0: Compared to what else is around here?
1: <laughs> like, uh, uh, speaking of daycare and children, how about we talk about the NBA and all those whiny ass bitches? <laughs> I mean, I like the thought of the segue,
0: but C plus, C plus, okay. C plus all segue, right. but it can get whiny-ass us on our way.
1: How about how about, about whiny ass babies? Does that work? Okay, okay, B get a B now at least. B for side notes
0: what is it we're uh uh last night i was watching the the golden knights uh the golden knights and oilers game and the one golden knights goalie hurt his hip and had to be helped off the 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 ice and i was like oh you know and the crowd's doing the standing ovation and stuff and i was like didn't some guy just get a fucking skate to the face and get 900 stitches and then come back? 75.
1: But I will say, I mean, I'll explain the come situation on. right now. I'll just say it because um, you're talking about it. One, he played a lot of minor hockey, that that goalie, in uh Edmonton. So the fans know him. So that's why there was a good ovation for him there is they well, know him, they just respect him. Anytime a player's but hurt, like, yeah. he, uh Well, yeah, but... There's a connection there, but he just came back from surgery for a hip. Like he's already got bad and being a non-contact injury and him to go down like that. Like yeah. there's, yeah, he's done. So you're right. But yeah, a he hip get injury hurt.
0: such a, such a old man, old man injury.
1: But, I mean, yeah, but I mean for goalies, you got, they're down in that position constantly that uh, it, it does not look good for him. I mean, he's done for this. I guarantee you he's done for the season for a non-contact yeah. injury re-hurting what you just had surgery on that's not good that's not good at all
0: do you think hockey players do kegel exercises to uh for those positions to hurt less
1: oh 100% i guarantee you plus they're hockey players so you know they're just constantly banging hot women because they're true men <laughs> and i don't know I'm just trying to make a segue. I I think they're they're gorgeous men. Speaking of,
0: ready, watch this segue. Speaking of hot women, you find at the strip club, who you also find at the strip club is James Harden. So we're talking about the Celtics (laughs) and Sixers. We're going (laughs) to start. Also Uh, a C plus segue. C plus, yes.
1: C plus.
0: (laughs) A Hall of Famer (laughs) off the court a potential Hall of Famer on the court. Uh, Let's talk about game. Which game was it? It was game. I don't know anymore.
1: Yeah. Where, where are we even? What are we doing?
0: Uh, (laughs) It was game three in Philadelphia. If we remember correctly on last episode, I said the Sixers had to not only win one, but both games in Philadelphia for them to even have a shot at winning this series because The Celtics are so much just a better team than the Sixers. And then what happens? The Sixers basically get fucking blown out in this game. Embiid had 30-13-3, but Harden... Just goes ghost mode and posts 16.6 there rebounds, is. 11 assists in 41 minutes. And then Maxi does 13-6-2 in 40 minutes. And it's just like, <sighs> when Oops, that game geez. happened, I was like, Woo. oh, we're done. It's over. We're, there's no fucking way. And, uh, I mean, the, the points in the paint, the turnovers, steals, blocks, assists, fouls. Everything was dead even like, basically, right, within a couple points. The Sixers actually shot a better three-point percentage, but it was all, like, in the paint around the two-point line where the Sixers went, or the uh, Celtics went 38-for-86, 44.2% field goal percentage. The Sixers shot way less shots, only 78, hit 31 of them, and were 40%. So it was like... What like this game on paper, you're watching it and you're like, oh, this must have been a close game. When you were watching the game live, you're like, How the fuck are the Celtics not winning this game by another 30 points? Like this was abysmal casino. Abysmal.
1: You know though, I, and it's funny because when you're at Chuck E. Cheese, I messaged you and I was just like, No, are no, no. This is this is, like, ah, nah. this is, this oh. is the
0: Friday game. This is the Friday oh, one, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah, I'm getting my games mixed up here. Sorry, <laughs> but still, uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're thinking of the Celtics. I mean, the notion still the same. You think the Celtics were just going to run away with this series, and I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Celtics are a little wishy washy right now. They're playing good and then they don't play good. They're making a the little poor decisions down the stretch, um, and it's and it's showing. So. so- I mean, I, I really like your take last time around that that Jimmy Butler and the Heat can they, they can make these NBA finals.
0: I really think, especially after watching all these games, uh the past since our even since our last episode, I really think it's gonna be Lakers Heat. I don't think any two teams are playing better. Even the Nuggets, who I thought were the clear cut favorite. To just, uh, I thought they were going to sweep the Suns, or maybe the Suns could take one game off them. Now, all of a sudden, they've lost two in a row. I think they lose uh, the third one tonight. And then it's just like, all of a sudden, they're going to be down 3-2 to the Suns. But it's like, the Lakers, I mean, we'll talk about that game, but they're just getting production from everybody on that team. LeBron's not even having good games, and they're still like dominating in all facets of the game but when it right. comes to the celtics they are probably with as good as any other team in these playoffs just talent wise but then when you watch them they just i don't know why they are so dead set and i but this is broad across the entire nba there are nights where every ridiculous three-point shot is going in And then there's nights where you cannot make a three-point shot to save your life. However, the mindset both nights is still the same. We're going to shoot what in this game, I just said it, it was 44 three-pointers for the Celtics. They made 17. They were killing it in the two-point range. So you convert half of those to two points. You win by 30 points.
1: Like, right. Well, what do you and What I like about the what the Celtics normally do, and being a two point, they drive the lane really well. They they play interior basketball better than I think any other team that's that's left. Um, yes. I, I, well, I, they're really the best like...
0: mid range shooting team left in that, the playoffs, exactly. but like within, they can jack it within up within the threes. three point
1: range. Yeah. Within the three point range, they're the best mid shooting layup. Like, they, they drive in and they'll, they'll do the little step back jumper, you know, at, at 18 feet, you know, they're, they're a great in, interior shooting team, and I don't know why they don't stick to that. It's almost like it's like the LeBron situation, which um, uh, one of my list, one of our listeners, um, shout out to you, Jake. Um, he brought up uh, some – he liked your take on how LeBron James, you know, is trying to do the Steph Curry thing, like shooting more threes. He's trying to be the guy. I wonder if that's just like the whole – dynamic of just the Celtics they are like, Oh, you know, maybe we get away from our game and just be like, Hey, we can do this too. And it's not working for them. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Cause I mean, they, no, but- still, they, they still get in, into the paint. They still get into that free throw, the three point range and they're making buckets. So stick to your bread and butter. I hate when the game's on the line and people try to jack up, um, you're down by two. And instead of trying to like jack up three for a win, how about you drive the paint, try to get the foul? LeBron James does it very well. I mean, yes, it's a little. Dude, more he's unstoppable
0: activity. when he does it, and he's still posting up at the three point right. line and jacking but up a three that I has. I don't a understand
1: why thirty percent chance of going in, in in college ball. Just like in, in just all teams, all basketball, I don't understand why you don't, especially when the game's on the line and people are trying not to foul, or if like a player is in foul trouble, drive the lane because they're not going to be as aggressive. As you you know they're they used they would be at the beginning of the game, they're not gonna be as aggressive, so you just go for your shot you if you make it awesome, but if you don't ninety percent of the time it's because they fouled you because they weren't gonna want to give you the easy to bucket to tie it or whatever so I yeah, I, that's my whole take on that play your game well, Celtics if you play your game, you will beat this team you know you you'll beat the sixers it is what it is, and you'll probably lose to the heat anyway, but that's for the next series. Well,
0: I think either, I think at this moment right now on Tuesday, May 9th, what is it? Either of these teams advance to the Eastern conference. They're getting murdered by the heat. I mean, you watch and we can, uh, yeah, let's segue to, or no, actually first let's talk about the second 76 or Celtics game, which went into OT with the, Sixers winning and this was the game where I missed it live because I was at Chuck E. Cheese and then I rewatched it or I recorded it and watched it when I got home and this is exactly exactly what the 76ers need to do to win which is uh even Like Embiid, he was 34 for 13 and four assists with 46 minutes left. In the fourth quarter, he literally only scored like four points, right? He was fucking, Mm -hmm. he was gone in the most clutch point of the game. But then this is why you, we were having that run on super teams on building, you know, teams around three guys and then a bunch of role players or a bunch of guys who could do one thing, blah, 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 blah. Right. Because when you have nights where it was like the heat, where it was, oh, when LeBron has an off night, you have D-Wade. When D-Wade has an off night, you have Bosh. For for the Sixers, it's when Embiid has a rough night or has a rough quarter, then it's Harden. And this is exactly why you got Harden because he goes – 42 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, and beat is in the paint under the basket to tie it up. He gets double teamed because he's the reigning MVP. And then he dishes it out. Great fucking pass to see in traffic yeah, to a wide open Harden who just hits. I mean, he could have he could have stood there for five more seconds untouched. Hits a wide open. Well, yeah, no, three. no,
1: nobody's crashing towards him. They're like, yeah. they just gave up. It's like, okay. Well, and I believe it
0: was Marcus Smart who decided to double team Embiid in the middle, which if Embiid goes up, he either gets fouled for two or he gets a two point play plus one for being fouled. There's no way in hell they don't foul him. But to tie, well, that would have been to tie it. But uh, great. This is why you get James Harden. And then he did the thing after the game where he's giving his shoes to the shooting victim and just i've always said i like hard in the person hard in the person seems like a really great guy right you never hear any bad things about hard in the guy right you only i mean you can ask every you
1: can ask every stripper out there he's he's fantastic (laughs) he's wonderful he tips well so i mean Mm -hmm. i'm sure
0: (laughs) yeah he's uh what is it and ironically with strippers he makes them shooting victims if you know what i'm saying
1: oh dear but not shooting God. a gun
0: you know what I'm saying? my wife just shot me a look when i said that <laughs> <laughs> but no that was uh the whole shooting victim guy in a wheelchair or whatever they have like that history and they explained it where uh he was a big Harden fan. Harden would like talk to him all the time, promise him tickets and then this was finally the one and then Harden puts on another 40 point performance which nobody thought he oh, could yeah. do the first one. But two in the same series especially against the Celtics where I believe the last 10 times they have met in a series the Celtics are 9 and 1 against the Sixers so for Harden to be doing what he's doing right now, not only is it insane he had one 40-point game, but now he has two with uh the third game tonight, where now all of a sudden this series is tied two two, where I thought it would be surely three one or maybe one three going into this game. I really do think uh and beat has been rough this series, even with good numbers. He just kind of vanishes in big moments, but I really feel like there is a shot. There is a shot. We get a Embiid or a Harden game or an Embiid-Harden game to make this a 3-3 series going into game seven, and then weird shit happens in game sevens. So I was down on the the Sixers, but I've seen enough in the two games they've won where they're going to make me believe Casino. If they can, but then again, we just talked to or I just referenced it a little bit ago. If the Celtics or the Sixers get to the next round, I really think it's Heat. The Heat just look like they don't look like the eighth seed. They look like they were the number one seed no. in the East, and they're just like wrecking they're just wreaking havoc in the uh against the Knicks. So do you
1: let me ask you this? Do you think that is the Knicks just not playing well and the Knicks just being the Knicks and doing Nick things, or do you think that's just how great the heat are playing collectively together right now? I well, mean I watch yeah, I mean they're pretty much like the heat's pretty much like a small ball, ball situation, and I love it,
0: yeah, well, the crazy thing about and we can talk about this uh heats Nick heat Nick's game yesterday. the craziest stat in this whole thing, and when you were watching it, it was uh insanely obvious was. The total rebounds, it was 35-44 to with the Heat, but the Heat got so many second-chance buckets because they got 13 offensive rebounds, and then 31 of them were defensive. But I swear, watching that game, the 13 offensive rebounds felt like they all happened in the fourth quarter because the Knicks were doing a – you know, kind of like the comeback thing where they were down by 10 and then they would get within six and then the Heat would bring it back up to 12. And then the Knicks finally got it down to where it was like four points and then they're tied and then they're leading. And then it was like the Knicks would go down, Brunson would jack up a three, Randall would shoot just an abysmal two-point attempt and then both would bounce off the rebound. The, The Heat would get it back. The Heat would go down the court and then the Heat would jack up a shot. They'd miss it. And then Bam, Adebayo would just get the rebound, put it back in. That's and such then it's just like, it is a fun Sorry. name to say. But it just kept happening like that way where it was Knicks would miss, Heat would get the rebound. They'd go down, Heat would miss, Heat would get the rebound, and then Heat would put it in. And it like happened like that for a four minutes stretch. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, The Heat are ahead by 10, and there's a minute 30 left. It was just like a very close game, and then all of a sudden the Knicks at the end just could not rebound to save their life, which is crazy because Heat versus Cavs, all they did was dominate the Cavaliers in rebounds. Like, that's how they won that series, out-rebounding them with their giant tall guys. And the Heat... All they have is basically Kevin Love and Adebayo as, like, big guys. But then Jimmy Butler is also blocking, uh, I believe yesterday he had, like, three or four blocks. So they're just dominating defensively. And then offensively, they just have all these guys who are, like – they have Struess yesterday who he was, like, three – or he was four first five in three-point shots. I don't know who this guy is. Like, they had Vincent – and then Kyle Lowry has had this weird resurgence, but it's like Struess, Vincent Lowry, and then even Love yesterday are just jacking up three point shots where you're like, no way, and then just sinking them.
1: And then Butler's just Again, driving right the lane. Ener- I said this last episode; they're feeling the energy from Butler. they, yeah. they really are. I would love to play at, play with him as a teammate. Yeah, and then like no, Harden looks- having a real good, and then Harden having a real good game. I think that takes a lot of pressure. Off of all those guys that you just named with Harden playing better because now it's like, the, oh, we have this is the heat,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Uh,
1: <laughs> I meant to say, I meant to say love, Yes. because love is better. Um, uh, every time that I look down, I just see some stats like slowly creeping up. That's what I meant to say. Oy, vey. no, I, oh, I get, get you but um, but yeah, yeah even no, love I, we, with some with more players starting to step up I feel like it's a dominant thank you for I, I am paying attention <laughs> um I like I think the domino effect is kind of happening where every all these players are slightly playing a little better every time so it takes the pressure off all the other players and you know every time somebody does a little bit better it's like oh well I don't have to go outrageously like destroy be, you know be a monster in this game which inevitably makes them more relaxed and then they do better. And then that makes other people more relaxed and then they do better. And I I really think it's like a domino effect on this team where it started with Jimmy Butler. It's moved a lot. And then it keeps going to to the next player, next player. Everybody's feeling more confident because they don't have to be the guy because now everybody's playing well. Everybody's playing well. So it makes them relax more, which makes them play better. That's my opinion. And I have a good take on, why I don't think this Lakers-Warriors series is over by any means going in with that kind of being talked about. but Well, uh, the last
0: bit on this is uh, I really like, with talking about Miami, they have perimeter shooters with Struess and Vincent, and then Jimmy Butler, you know, he can get – as streaky a three-point shooter as anybody in the league but he was basically in this game he just cut right through the middle and was just doing layup after layup and just great passes to at a bio, just right in the paint but butler yesterday 27.6 uh, rebounds 10 assists like if he can do that every game which he can and then they can still win the game like This is the best team in the East at the moment. They play smart. They know what they are. They really play as a cohesive unit. And then at a bio yesterday, 23 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. But Kevin Love, only 8 points, five rebounds, two assists. He was only in there for about 20 minutes. But when he was on the court, he was making smart passes. He made a couple clutch shots like – that doesn't that box score doesn't show how important he was yesterday, but really it was Struess that I was most impressed with. Like, damn. Uh, but That's yeah, true. the Heat are now up three one with the chance to close out this series, and I really do think they will uh, on Friday. I think so.
1: I think I think no, it's no, over I'm sorry.
0: tomorrow. I think yeah. I think this series is over. The Knicks, they just defensively they're getting shut down and then offensively like i said they can't in the clutch they can't get anybody to hit a shot could they win the next game absolutely but i don't think they win three in a row no fucking way against this heat team uh But now, Casino, let's go to the Lakers-Warriors. The first game that took place a couple hours after we recorded our last episode, really nothing to talk about in that game. It was a Lakers blowout almost from five minutes in the game. You were just watching it being like, this is not uh, the Warriors night. uh, Steph Curry had 23 points, four rebounds, three assists in 32 minutes, but they They basically, uh, him, Clay Thompson, all the starters played, maybe, you know, the most they played was 33 minutes. So even they knew you could tell everybody was like, not our night it's over. However, it was, uh, LeBron had a, had 21. Anthony Davis had 25, 13 and three. And then D'Angelo Russell had 21 points as well, but, yeah, that game was almost over immediately. They The Golden State Warriors lose by 30, 127-97. But let's talk about yeah, that last was, night's game. that was an
1: game. absolute rough game.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even fun to watch. Even if you were no. a Lakers fan, that game is just boring as shit. Uh, but let's talk about last night's game. Oop, if I can find it here where the Lakers win one Oh four to one Oh one Steph Curry had a pretty good looking three at the end missed. And I found this out this morning. Casino Steph Curry is Owen 12 in his playoff career on potential go ahead shots in the final 45 seconds of the fourth quarter or OT. So I've always thought of him as clutch because You know he's just like that kind of player, but apparently not. Jesus, that was loud as shit. Hello, yeah, that was. (laughs) Hello, my phone's ringing. It's usually I don't record out here with the computer, so we don't hear it. But wait, hold on, I'm gonna mute
1: this. You've got it. I mean, let's see if I can just uh, do an answer here. I'm I'm gonna be the other guy on the line. Okay. He's not in frame. So I can't like do the lip reading. I was going to do some lip reading, but no, no, no. Oh, Oh, hi. Hi. How's the going?
0: I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in, but, uh, that's
1: <laughs> that was quick, quick turnaround,
0: but yeah, in the, so Steph Curry over 12 on shots to put them up. Uh, he missed a shot to potentially tie the game but really what ended it was draymond green driving to the hoop and then like jumping in the air out of bounds and then trying to throw a pass where he didn't need to do any of this he kind of throws it to a guy who is completely covered by anthony davis anthony davis gets the ball that essentially ends the game i don't know this last the last 30 seconds of this game felt very unwarrior like. It was just like three dumb plays in a row where it was just like what are you doing? They they the Lakers 100% stole this game because they were down what felt like the entire game and then until the last minute and a half and then all of a sudden they're in the lead and they just keep shutting down the Warriors, but really the player uh to heat preys upon uh at the end of this game was lonnie walker who
1: yeah lonnie walker he scored all fifth all all 15 of his points were in the fourth quarter and you know what they needed that you they needed that because uh uh Anthony davis did nothing in the second half half absolutely nothing and also lebron james did absolutely nothing in the fourth quarter I think he was LeBron. If I saw my stats right, one for three, field goal attempts in the, the fourth quarter. Like, just yeah. Where is this team? They're getting, I don't want to say lucky, but because these players, I mean, they're working hard. They're in the NBA. They're they're playing well, and you know, any player can. They're good enough to be in the NBA. Any player can kind of take over. Yeah. Um, well, and in this I one, didn't, it, it was just absolutely crazy. Walker, they he stole this game for them. They got yeah. outplayed, and this is where I was going to get at. Is I think the Warriors have outplayed them this series. And Anthony Davis, yes, he's having good games. LeBron just kind of seems like okay, yeah, he's the superstar. He's producing some stuff, but he's not, you know, taking over games. He's not. He's not being the guy in the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis is such a you know hot mess. You never know if he's good. Never know if he's you know going to be good or fall apart like last night he fell apart he had a great first half like holy hell fantastic first yeah you thought
0: watching that first half you thought it was going to be another anthony davis game and then all of a sudden they come out of halftime and he just i don't think you can find one highlight except the steal i just mentioned in the second quarter right he was just
1: and this is where and yeah walker comes off the bench and and he posts what he did i'm i'm really concerned for the lakers in this. I feel like this is yes, they're up 3-1, and they just have to win one of the next three. I feel this is like a very trap situation. Here's my reason why you could already... I already tell you see your face like, eh, I don't know. This is what's going to happen. If the Warriors... Because these have been close games. These have been close they games. Happen. If one player for the Lakers, Reeves, uh, Russell, or you know Walker this time Schroeder, around... Schroeder, Walker, yeah. Walker, if one of these players doesn't step up and you have another James Anthony Davis where they're just like mid 20 points, you know, games. The Warriors can win the next game. If they win the next game, obviously if they don't, it's over. But if they win the next game, I'm very worried for the Lakers because then the pressure is on. Right now, there's no pressure on. Everybody's already written off the Warriors. Everybody. The Warriors are done. The Warriors are done. Mm The Warriors are done. Everybody's written them off the Lakers have all the pressure, all the pressure. I mean, they're LA, they're the Lakers. They got all the pressure. Golden State, they can now play freely. They don't have to worry about the pressure. So they say they win the next game. You know, they keep in an elimination game, they go off, they win it. You go back to LA, right? You go back to LA. Now the pressure's on. I have a feeling that, LeBron James being a little washed up. He's not washed up. He's still a great player. He's LeBron James. But, you know, as you said one few episodes back, that this is Anthony Davis's team. So, yes, if Anthony Davis doesn't have a big game and one of these, you know, these randos don't have a solid game (laughs) backing up and, you know, James does like a mid-20, you know, 20-point game with, with, um, you know, he had almost 10 rebounds. He had nine this time around. Um, All the pressure's on. I could see the Lakers cracking under pressure late in a game and the Warriors taking a game six because all the pressure's on them. And then if that happens and it goes to a game seven and you have to go back, you have to go back into Golden State with a game seven and you blew your chance to close it out in two previous games. I'm just worried with how I've seen the Lakers play and I do feel that Golden State has played better like for a collective game. That, in my opinion, that I've watched a lot of Lake, a lot of the Laker games this um, this postseason. My bar turns into a Laker bar. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like this is a trap situation. I, I really do because if the Warriors can win the next one, this pull off, they they pull off, which really I think explosive.
0: they do because it so, takes place you like you're saying. It takes place at at Golden State's going to be at home, so I think in they win that series. Game,
1: in a elimination, yeah. in, in elimination game, and then you, the pressure is on in L.A. You have to win the L.A. game because you do not want to go back to Golden State. So Game Six would inevitably be like a Game Seven for the Lakers, and they have to make it. They have to win the. They have to win in L.A. Because if they don't win in L.A., you're going to good luck trying to beat the Golden State Warriors in Golden State for Game Seven. So essentially. They've got, in my opinion, the Lakers have three game seven situations here. Like, that's going to be the mentality. That's going to be the feel for this. They have to win the next one. You even said yourself, you think the Warriors win the next one. I, I think the pressure would be too much for a few of these players, especially these young guys. Obviously, James can play under pressure. Davis can play under pressure. But they're not having outstanding postseasons outside of Davis, You know, playing like a 40-point game or a 10-point game, 40-point game or a 10-point game. Yeah. Um, Situation, I'm, I feel like this is a big trap situation for the Lakers being up 3 1 in this series. Just that's, that's how I feel. Obviously, you took, you know, you were like, "Eh, I'm not sure about that. I truly think that this is a trap situation for the Lakers. I really like where the Warriors are sitting in this because in my mind, the Lakers, they're three game sevens in mentality wise in a row. They don't have any leeway.
0: Yeah, well, the, the closest, I mean,
1: the little bit—the only little bit leeway is next game It's just the next game. They can close it out on the road and be done. But again, going home worries me, and then obviously a game seven in in Golden State worries me. So that's my that's my hot take. Plus, I feel like this series, two of these games have been kind of gifted to the Lakers. There's been a little bit uh one sided. So get the officiating a little bit more on track again. I'm fine with ticky tack fouls or whatever. Just make it consistent, and I feel like it hasn't been consistent for a couple of those games. Um, that's just my my take on that.
0: Now, <gasps> I do, rant. I do, I do agree a, that, with what you're saying. Oh, I, I that was say a good this. rant. That
1: was that was a clean casino NBA rant, and I'm very happy. That <laughs> a, I'm gonna sit back. I mean,
0: people look out your window because pigs are flying. We never thought Woo! we'd see it. We'd never thought we'd <laughs> see it, but. I will say, so we talked about Anthony Davis, the narrative on him, which I think correctly so in this series, in this playoffs, in his basically, since he got traded to the Lakers career, minus the 2020 year has been, he can't consistently give you an Anthony Davis game, right? An Anthony Davis game used to be a double, double, crazy amount of rebounds points in the paint, defensively shutting down, The big men on the other team, and you know, leading the Lakers to the promised land like he did in 2020. LeBron, on the other hand, it's crazy. We don't think he's had good games in this in this playoffs outside of the April 24th game against Memphis, where he had the 22 points, 20 rebounds, right? But again, that's not a lot of points.
1: That's not a lot of points. That's just great rebounding.
0: Well, in this. Uh, Golden State Warriors game. They've had four games. Game one, he had 22 points, 11 rebounds, but he was nine for 24 in the uh, field goal percentage or field goal mm. shots. I'm sorry. In game two, he was 23.7 rebounds, 10 of 18. Game three, he was 21 points, eight rebounds, six of 11. Last night's game on Sunday, game four, he was 27 points, 10 for 25 with nine rebounds, six assists. So he's getting, uh, he's averaging, what, 22, 23, 21, 27. So he's averaging around 24 points for this series. But for me, it's how many shots he's taking. He is taking an insane amount of shots uh, the last – or in most of these games, the one game he only had 11 shots. But he's taking 24, 18, 25. He's only making 9, 10, and 10. Like, he is so inefficient as a scorer this series but still putting up 25 points. I would be concerned – this is my counter to – Casinos take with the Lakers Warriors. There, we have not had the LeBron James game in this series. We saw it in the Memphis game where he went 22 and 20, basically had a 40 point game, right? Or put up 40, quote unquote. But we have not seen a LeBron James game. And you know, you know, if you watch basketball uh, and you remember the Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers, where the Warriors were up 3-1, and then all of a sudden the Cavaliers came running back, and, you know, the the kind of rivalry hatred amped up between Steph Curry and LeBron because LeBron had the party with the fake mannequins that were dead that you had to step over to get into the party or some dumb shit like that. It's, it, you know, in the back of the Warriors' mind, they – have this thought where they were like, man, I wish we could do that to the Lakers. Obviously, they didn't want to be down 3-1, but being three down to this Lakers team, more specifically to LeBron, you know that has to give them added motivation of being like, he knocked us out when we were down 3-1 and then made jokes about us being dead at his party and shit like that. Like, you know... In their minds, all they want to do is come back in this series, and just so they can say the he beat us 3-1, we beat him 3-1. So I do think
1: 3-1. Yeah,
0: I do think the uh Golden State Warriors maybe even win handily in Golden State for the next game, but it really does because in a game seven, I'm trusting the Warriors just because I think that unit has been through so many game 7s they uh you know they're capable of going into LA pulling out a game like that but i i really think it comes down to that game 6 i mean if it's if it's game 6 and it's in LA with Lakers Warriors and the Lakers need to win to advance the Warriors need to win to advance to game 7 in that scenario i would take Golden State in a Game Seven and a Lakers in a Game Six, so I think this series ends in Game Six in L.A. I really do. I don't want it to because I hate the Lakers and I enjoy watching the Golden State Warriors more than I do the Lakers, even though I'm not gotcha. you know a fan of either team. Just, I, I would. Take I, the Warriors I still think
1: that the Lakers. pressure is going to be a little too. I think I think the pressure is going to be a little too much on them in Game Six in L.A. and. Yeah, um, unless Anthony Davis has like another 40 point game, I I, I can see this heavily or the refs winning it for him and calling well, extremely uh, tricky stuff.
0: That is one of the things I am going to I do want to talk about on next episode because I didn't have time to do it this time, but when it's it time? comes to when it comes to uh fouls in this series, it has seemed I don't want to say extremely lopsided and bullshit, but it seemed extremely one-sided and lop and uh, bullshit in LA. Just last night alone, the Warriors had 22 fouls, the Lakers had 15. It's and again, in a as close a game as this is, that shit matters. Like to be oh, yeah. a seven foul difference, and most of those fouls in the fourth quarter alone were like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like yeah, what? so like what again that, that
1: that's like that's like what did Walker win the game for him at the, in the fourth quarter or hmm, I mean yeah
0: well especially when it comes to the Lakers like the again, the number fine, one example I'm
1: fine with ticket tag the- fouls like if you want to call just be fucking consistent and I will talk about that in uh, in hockey in one of the series as well Um but yeah continue but I, I just hate the ticket. I Be consistent. I don't give a shit if you're ticky-tack. Or if you let things play, be consistent. We've, we've well, talked that was about our, this plenty.
0: That was our whole argument in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, If that last play is holding, then call it holding in the second quarter. You weren't, so that's why it's egregious to call it in the fourth. Like, that's... But, yeah. And then when we saw uh, uh, Lakers... Again, Lakers-Warriors, not last game, but two games ago when the Lakers absolutely destroyed the Golden State Warriors. Oh, why is this not popping up? The fouls again, uh, 22 on on the Warriors, 21 on the Lakers. But it's just like there's 22 fouls played where their starters only played 22, 23 minutes. It's, I don't know, just the fouls to me. That one, you can say, oh, well, they're close. But it's like, yeah, but we're also saying 22 fouls when they didn't play pretty much all the fourth quarter. That's in three quarters. Like it's just, again, when it comes to the Lakers and the NBA, we all know that the Lakers are the pinnacle of ref fuckery ref. All we have to look at, if you want to say the NBA scripted or, you know, they vote for or try to influence certain teams to make it further into the playoffs. All you have to do is look at Sacramento Kings and LA from a couple years, or at this point, Jesus, almost 20 years ago, where the Lakers got the most egregious calls in history and the Kings ended up losing because the free throws the Lakers shot were fucking ridiculous. But that's a rant for another time. Now, casino, let's talk about the last series, which I thought was over. I thought this series was done. And then all of a sudden, the Nuggets and Suns play, and the Suns win both games on the shoulders of both Booker and Durant. So in game, in game four – or no, I'm sorry. In game three, three, Kevin Durant had 36 points. Booker had 36 points. Durant had 11 rebounds. Booker had 12 assists. And then you also got Shamit with 19 points. But then the real crazy thing to me in this playoffs has been the uh, emergence of Jamal Murray as a clear number two star behind Jokic. During the regular season, he was averaging 20 points, uh, four rebounds, six assists in the playoffs he is in this game i mean you talk about well this whole uh, this whole playoffs but in this game specifically 28 points 5 rebounds 7 assists jokic had a monster game where he only played 39 minutes but he went 53 points 4 rebounds 11 assists so the the sub stories of you know all these matchups in this playoffs has both been harden and then jokic pretty much putting to bed the, oh, they've never done anything in the playoffs because both of them are having just absolutely fantastic, fantastic playoff performances, especially Jokic though, with Embiid winning MVP and then kind of having very quiet, very non-consequential playoff performances. Jokic has just said, fuck it, and is just now playing like the MVP in the regular season in the postseason, which he's never done before. So, however, I do want to talk about Sunday's game, which Sunday's game had, again, Murray putting up 28 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Jokic, or no, I I think I did the – did I click on the wrong games?
1: So Murray's – so for the Sunday game, Murray was 28, uh, five rebounds – uh, Joe Gitch, 53 points, um, four rebounds and 11 and they assists. They still lost just a m- and they still lost. And the reason being is Devin Booker. I mean, Durant putting up 36 and 11 rebounds, you know, that's Durant stuff, but Booker had 12 assists, six rebounds, 36 points, absolutely monster. And then you also had um, uh, Landry, uh, uh Landry Shamit coming off the bench and he put up 19, which was good for them, but. I still like Denver in this. Um, I just think, I don't think Booker can sustain how well he's well, played. Well, that's the
0: thing. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Sorry. Uh, in, in Friday's game. So that was Sunday's game. Friday's game. Murray had 32-6-5. and Jokic went 30-17-17. And then Michael yeah. Porter Jr. went 21 with 12 rebounds. So, and again... They are putting up those points in two games. They lost Jokic yeah. put up 50 points and then a 30 17 and 17 triple double, and they're losing because, like you were just saying, Durant and then Booker in that game, uh, in the game on Friday, which was game three, I believe. Or no, yes, this Friday, game
1: Friday, fr- Friday is game three.
0: So, in game three, Durant put up Thirty-nine, nine and eight, and then Booker put up forty-seven, six and nine. So, the uh, the Joker and Jamal Murray are just putting on a masterclass in just peak performance, right? Murray obviously performing a true, way past a true one and two regular season, yeah. yeah. And then Jokic putting up MVP numbers in the playoffs, which he's never done before, and they're still yeah, he's fucking. Finally, have
1: but. I still like Demer to win the series. I understand what you're saying, but um, I just don't think that Booker can, Booker can sustain what he's been doing. I just don't.
0: Well, the crazy thing for Booker is in this entire playoffs, he is having maybe the quietest dominant performance in a playoffs that no one's really talking about. I it's mean, true. he has in his, let's just say since, April 16th against the Clippers. He has put up 26. Next game, 38. Next game, 45. Next game, 30. Next game, 47. Then 27, 35, 47, 36. Like that Do consistency you, in you, a row. You
1: want to know why, though, people aren't noticing this? It's because it's the Nuggets and the Suns. They're not top markets and nobody cares. Nobody cares.
0: Well, I've I've been saying this this whole playoffs. The amount that people don't give a shit about the Nuggets when they mo- might be legitimately the best team in these playoffs is shocking to me. And you know what? I'm guilty of it. Nuggets are maybe the team I give a, the shit like the least the amount least of amount. shit about in the Shits. in these playoffs. Like That's fair. and again, I just read that. Like Jokic just putting up triple doubles in 50 point games. Like They're playing some of the best basketball in the playoffs, but no one gives a fuck. Like, I really think they only give a fuck about the Suns because of Durant and then Booker having this crazy, crazy run. But yeah, Nuggets-Suns, a series I thought I would be super into is maybe the series I'm least invested in. You know, obviously Heat-Knicks is a much worse series, but I like that Heat team. I like how Jimmy Butler's playing and... Yeah, I really do think we're talking so much about Lakers, uh, Lakers, Golden State. I really do think, like you said, Nuggets win this series and then Nuggets just dominate Lakers or or uh, Golden State. I think you can pencil so, yeah. into the West into the NBA finals from the West. I agree. And if they didn't make it, I'd be shocked.
1: Yeah, no, I one hundred percent. I want uh, the Nuggets better. They should make this. If they don't, you have to do some investigating here.
0: Well, the Nuggets were up 2-0. They lost the two games in Phoenix. And then tonight, it goes back... Or no, this game is in Phoenix. So the Suns stole one game in Denver. This game tonight is... No, no, I'm sorry. The the Suns won both games in Phoenix. They go back to the Nuggets. If they can steal... The game tonight in uh, the Nuggets arena, and then it goes back to Phoenix with a chance to close out the series. Then I think the Nuggets are in real trouble. But if the Nuggets win tonight, I think they win the series. I don't think I don't think the Suns can beat Coming this into team the,
1: the, three the, more. Right, I mean, times. it's 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 the best of three right now, man. It's the best of three.
0: Yeah, I don't think they can beat them. I don't think I can beat them <sighs> two times, let alone one time, especially if you have to close out game seven in Denver, but I don't really want to talk about this game so much because by the time we upload this episode, it's going to be game. uh, It's going to be game five tonight. So this, this whole thing could be different by, by uh, Friday, because they also play Thursday. So this series could be over by the next time we record, Uh, but casino, We've talked long enough about the NBA. Let's dive into the NHL. Woo!
1: Uh,
0: let's first talk about Devils, Hurricanes, two blowouts.
1: Friday, Friday night. But yeah, no, that's how I want to pl- I want to, you know, I'm going to start off with this series. Um, yeah, just kind of want to start off with this series and then go from there. Um, but I, I think it might be starting to get a little interesting and I'll explain why. So um, Friday night. As much as I predicted, um, we had had already talked about the first game of Carolina Hurricanes versus the Devils, and that was a complete blowout as well. Well, game two, much of the same, still in Carolina, where it was a 6-1 blowout against the New Jersey Devils. Um, Another, they pulled their goalie again. The Devils did pull their goalie again. Schmidt got pulled. Um, He let four goals in on 25 shots. Not playing well. Uh, they did put in. I can never say his name right. Vitek Ven Van Yep, that guy. Um, <laughs> but him. the number one, the, the guy that I I assume should be in the net. Regard like from day one or to start the series, I thought that he should be in net. He's had the longer run during the the regular season. He's clearly in my mind been the number one um, throughout the season. So I liked the devils when he's in and um but you know a little too late you put him in late again you've pulled the goalie um schmidt two games in a row so you got to assume that he's going to start game three uh which he does um but yeah and then not too much to talk about in this game um 35 shots for the hurricanes 29 shots for the devils um frederick anderson uh say let one goal in on 29 shots he played pretty damn well good for him uh so then let's move over to the Sunday game where everybody thought that okay carolina is just going to roll them it's going to be high scoring they still scored four they still had a really good game um let me go to this one as well um they still scored four so they they did produce um uh, but it was reversed where the Canes pulled their goalie. They Frederick Anderson let four goals on twelve shots. Um, this this playoffs has been a lot of pulled goalies. Normally, you you would like to see in a playoff series where um, most teams try to play their number one as many games as possible. But every now and then, like okay, we're up three one, you know we're on the road let's play the backup let's give our guy we we still have some chances to win let's give our backup goalie a little bit of time and our starter some rest um that has not been the case this year it has been pulling goalies mid-game um which almost every team has done it and I kind of don't like it um but again so, so uh so Frederick Anderson gets pulled um and they put in I guess I didn't write his name down oh yeah I know why I didn't write his name down because I can, can't fucking say his name. Um, it's P Y O T R. That's his <laughs> first name. And then last name remains uh, today. Uh, Kochek Kochekov. Um, crazy. Another name. Um, and he did pretty good. Uh, not not the greatest. He still let four goals on 22 shots. Um, but going over to the, the starter now for New Jersey, who I thought should be the starter from the very get go, um, Vitek. Uh, uh Van chick that guy <laughs> yeah um that guy he did really well he he only let in four four goals on thirty shots but against this high scoring Hurricanes squad and being his first start in this series not too not too bad um you needed more from the Canes um t- uh, that game. I mean you did have Sebastian Aho he he scored a goal and the rest was uh you had Jordan Stahl score a goal which I I love the stall brothers. That's a fun story. So if you didn't know you have currently right now, all four did play in um, all all four did play in uh, the NHL at one point, but two of them are on the same team right now, which is fun. Um, And then Jordan stalls on the canes. Um, But yeah. And then one of them is, is an assistant coach for a minor league team. So that's just fun. That'd be cool. If like me and my, my two brothers were just, all in the same sport together and a couple of us on the same team so anyway no brothers i know Damn. you get two sisters. uh but after Anyways. what
0: you've seen from the Golden knights the oilers and then even the panthers and kraken if we want to throw them in the mix do you think the hurricanes are still the favorites to win the stanley cup from what you've seen no oh no
1: but do I have them coming out of the East? Yes, I have them coming out of the East, even beating the Panthers. And and, and I know the Panthers are, are running a clinic right now on the Maple Leafs, and I'll get into that in a sec. But um, so New Jersey Devils, they they finally needed somebody to step up, and long and behold, one of their best players um, of the season, Jack Hughes, who's um, 43 goals, 56 uh, assists, Almost a hundred point season now. Um, he finally to a sick four victory over the Canes. I really like this pushback by the Devils, and I think now with them making a goalie switch, um, they can push this series back a little bit. Um, I would say they could win one more. I don't think that um, I, I can still see them taking losing the next one and being a three one, and then possibly winning one in Carolina, but. I mean, this is going to be the five, six games. Carolina is going to win, but I do like to see some pushback. Carolina is still putting up numbers. They're, they're just a high scoring offense. So this, uh, I'm, I'm having trouble watching this series. It doesn't, the East isn't really that interesting to me anymore with the Bruins being out. Um, Cause I just expect the Canes to kind of, t- to roll here and go through. Mm. Um, and So I guess with that being said, let's lead into um, the other series over in the East. Um, So this was also on a Sunday night. You had Florida, Toronto going in and. I have a lot of Boston um, friends because the bees being my first love and got me into hockey. I have a lot of Boston Bruins fans and a lot of them come to the bar and, and, and hang out with me. And I'm trying to have them see the silver lining in this is wh- how they, <laughs> the Bruins did lose Florida's just on an absolute tear right now. Florida is just playing out of their goddamn mind. Um, and going three Oh, going up three, three to zero in, in the series against Toronto. And they have a very high possibility of sweeping Toronto now because game four is going to be in Florida as well. Um, what you're
0: rooting for because I, you love misery.
1: Oh, yes. I want Toronto to get completely swept. And this was the second point uh, to my Boston Bruins friends um, is not only is it justified that the Bruins lost to the Panthers, they're playing a good Toronto Maple Leafs, a really good Toronto Maple Leafs team. And they're completely dominating them, just dominating. Yes, this game went into OT, uh, game three did go into OT. Toronto had some fight. I mean, Toronto, they 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 won 61% of their face-offs. Um, they they won sixty four uh, yeah one percent of their face offs. They were still shooting. It was a low sh- um, shooting game. Uh, it was only twenty four shots on goal for the Leafs. Twenty nine shots on goal for the Florida Panthers. So it was a little bit tighter, Um kind of low hitting game. But uh yeah i I, I think the Florida Panthers are going to sweep them, which would be really funny because then the Maple Leafs are out, and I'm happy. So. And then, and maybe leave being a team that Boston likes to, to beat up on, and you know, we make fun of them as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan Blue of the color this. white. Color, it's a, so, you hate, so, you hate Canada yeah, 100%. But again, trying <laughs> to see the silver lining in with the Bruins losing is the team that beat you are running a train on a team that you don't care for. So, that is fun. Um, but some people I've talked about they're asking if the, there was an injury to the goalie. Um, their goalie got injured, uh, mid game. Uh, so Samsonov, their, their starting goalie, the one that's been playing actually pretty well going into before he got injured, he had eight shots against him. He let in zero. He was playing fantastic, uh, this game, but, uh, Luke Shen, uh, ran into him. One of his own players ran into him and he had to be helped off there. They did an MRI, still really no update. Um, on that, but he's not going to be coming back. So you did put in um, Joseph Wool or Wool, and he let in three on twenty-one shots. So he came. That's pretty good. I mean, that's not great percentage wise, but that's pretty good for any goalie coming off the bench. Um, but I will tie that into the Golden Knights because that's not always the case. Uh, but letting three on on twenty-one shots coming in cold mid-game, not too bad. You did help him get into overtime. Um, but my biggest takeaway about this Maple Leafs team is their superstars still not doing anything. How many times have I said, Mitch Marner needs to step up. Austin Matthews needs to step up, uh, ne- uh, Nylander needs to step up. Nylander did have an assist, but that's it there. And they needed to, they need more guys. They need more performance from their best players and they're not getting it. They're just not. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really it's really sad to see. I mean, they're they're better defenseman who, who's got a lot of assists, doesn't score a lot this season. Uh, Eric Gustafson, he got one of their goals, um, one of two. So at least he produced a little something. But the Maple Leafs are known for scoring this year. and And it really it's tough to see this team struggle with the superstar power that they have. In high-scoring offensive players, and they haven't done anything. So this is kind of goes back to being a Golden Knights fan, uh, like the bubble era for the Golden Knights, where that where they they had a real good shot of winning the cup that year. However, they couldn't score a goal to save their life. They just couldn't. Yep. The offense was gone. It was you, you would be lucky the Knights to score you know one one goal a game if you hit like you know struck lightning two goals a game. So this is how it feels the maple leaves this year is your superstar goal scorers just aren't scoring um well in florida so- just feels <sighs>
0: so consistent especially in the last six games like they're gonna put up mm-hmm. minimum four goals they're gonna hold you to two goals and then they feel like they're just skating around them out there on the ice
1: like yeah they're there they're, is it.
0: what you were saying about the kraken where it's like the Panthers just look faster and more motivated than the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs just don't look like they even want to be there.
1: Oh, not anymore. Now they're down. Now they're down. Once they lost the second game at home, yeah. it, was, it the series is over. The series over. I'd be absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked if they steal one in, in Florida and they go from there. And this is not saying they're a bad team. I'm just going off the track record that. Yeah. Uh, that the superstars haven't done anything in this series and they losing two at home already shut it off. Like, Oh, Maple Leafs are doing the Maple Leafs thing again. They got past the first round, took them 19 years. Well, guess what? Now we're going to try to get past the second round and that's not going to happen. It just, you it doesn't. Think the Panthers,
0: so, you think the Panthers close them out Wednesday?
1: I do. I, I truly yeah. do. I think that after losing an OT this last game, I just, I really think they're, they're, the switch is off in their head. Like they're just not gonna, yeah. they're not gonna be able to do it. Um, they're they're giving up. Losing two at home didn't help. But then now losing a close one and your number one goalie's out. I just I don't see it. I just I don't see it. I don't see the backup goalie coming in and and Joseph Wall and and taking again three goals on twenty one shots. You got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. That he's coming in cold and you know it's tougher. Most goalies, not all. I'll get to that. Uh, most goalies to do, but also the Panthers were really disciplined in this game, zero penalties, um, which fantastic. You know that that's that's the main goal is power plays, special teams really helps and um is probably like half half like fifty percent of how teams win the Stanley Cup. Whether it's how they play on the penalty kill, how they play on the power play it's very important special teams is is a massive thing in the playoffs and uh, they did get one of their goals on on the power play so uh, the Panthers did so yeah this series I think is over I'd be shocked if Toronto wins but there's no way Toronto runs four on them I just I don't see it Florida is just too hot of a team and I think the Maple Leafs are just so demoralized that, Oh God, here we go again. It's, it's well, they less. also, it is. It's, like you said, it's loss
0: again, haven't done, haven't gotten through the first round. So it feels like we see this so many times in sports where it's like, they've never a team's never done something and then they do it. And then they're like big celebration. And then it's like, there's still more games to play right like we still have to keep going so they were all celebrating after they got out of the first round but it's like there's still four more rounds technically the second third and then the Stanley Cup like you still got to keep playing they just don't they look like they blew their wad so early in it
1: oh yeah they were so stoked they were so stoked to get out of the first round and now they're just like ah, I'm done I'm done yeah um so yeah I think that series is done
0: Casino. Please I, I explain the-, the Stars and Kraken series to me because I don't understand it.
1: I don't. <laughs> In understand what it sense?
0: In I what don't, sense? I don't get these games. I mean, I've watched all of them, but even when I'm watching them, I don't. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand how this series is two one because Seattle looks. So good to me, but Dallas doesn't look that bad. But then when Seattle is on, like they just look, they look unstoppable. Again,
1: so going like two weeks left in the, in the regular season, you asked me which team I thought was hot going in Dallas. Yeah. They did get hit with some injuries and they've had a fight through that. Um, but Dallas, a grinder of a team, they find ways to win. They're tough to play against. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to play them. I don't want to play them. I'd much rather play this, the Seattle Kraken if the Knights can get through the Oilers. Um, but, yeah, so this series, everybody kept picking. Seattle playing the Avs. Everybody had the Avs. Seattle playing Dallas. Everybody's had Dallas. Even my coworker, who knows hockey more than me, um, is like, oh, Dallas. I, I just don't trust Seattle to get it done. Dallas is going to get it done. I'm like, no. I have Seattle winning this series. I, I truly do now. Uh, if Seattle You've was going to fumble, it was, it was going to be, the, yeah. If Seattle was going to lose, I, I thought it was going to be in the first round against the reigning champions, the, the avalanche, but that's not, they did not the case. They're, they've got through is it was this, this series going to be a tough series. I hope it goes seven games because if the Knights can get through the Oilers, you know, in six, five, whatever, I'll take that. Even if it's seven, you know, I want this game, to this series to go seven. And I think it could, but Again, everybody's shocked, like, wow, Seattle put up seven on them. It's like, how are you not used to this by now? Seattle is an extremely high-scoring team. They're fast. They're really like what Golden Knights were in their first year. They're a fast, they're a fast team, um, and they know how to score off of the rush. And they're doing that very well this time around. Um, so, like, Jake Ottinger, guess what? He got yanked. Again, another pull mid-game. Jake Ottinger got yanked. He let five goals on seventeen shots against Seattle. Not Jesus. good. Um, and then so Scott uh, uh, Scott Wedgwood comes in. He, again, tough to do off the bench, but not always. I'll get to that again. Uh-huh. I like playing that, that little little guess game. What's You're coming teased? up? Um, uh, tease, yeah, a little tease. There it is. Um, but he let in two goals on eight shots. But you know, coming on, on relief, that's tough to do. Um, but Seattle just absolutely just went off on Dallas, and I, I loved. I loved every second of it, and they really spread it around. So we've talked about the Knights being a deep team, but what I like about Seattle is they're a deep team as well. And both of these teams have been very underlooked. Um, The Knights are getting some more recognition because they're playing the Oilers, who everybody was like, oh, the Oilers are so hot going to the playoffs. They've got the highest scoring offense. Um, They've got the record-breaking power play offense right now that there's just absolutely no way that the, the Knights could do this. But then the Knights beat him game one, they beat him game three now that the Knights are getting recognized. And I like, go, oh, how are they doing this? Oh, it's because they're deep Seattle's <laughs> deep as well. Um, so I brought up game last, um, last episode that the Knights beat um, the Knights beat the Oilers and they had 11 players with points. Well, Seattle, uh, Seattle on Sunday night, they had 12 players with points. So point meaning you got a goal or an assist there. That's absolutely spread and not a single player, not a single player out of their seven goals had two goals. It was seven different goal scorers and Jesus. multiple assist uh, assist people. So one, two, three, four, five players had assists that didn't score a goal. And then the rest were all goal scorers that had an assist as well. Same lines and shit, but this, this team is deep. Plus, they have some veterans on this team that have won Stanley Cups because, you know, you do the expansion draft and, you know, you, you pull in some, some old guys, some old veteran guys that have played and have made the Stanley Cup and that, um, that, that have won. And so they have experience. And um, you got to also give it to, this is probably the best I've ever seen Philip Grubauer play. He's got revitalized. Yes, he didn't take that many shot attempts on him. It was only 26, but he only led in two. His save percentage is, is, is quite nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, people are just overlooking the Kraken. Um, they had Dallas winning this game. And it, it, it's outrageous to me because it was in Seattle. And I'm like, there's just... Why do you think that Seattle's not going to win at home with how good they've been? They split. They split in Dallas. Why are we overlooking this team? It's because they're not super flashy. Yes, they're scoring a lot of goals, but they're not the big name guys. Like, it's the same thing that's kind of happening in the NBA with, you know, the Suns and the Nuggets. And you're just kind of overlooking these teams because they're not the big names. They're not the big franchises. Um, and again, I really think the only the reason the Knights are getting a lot of recognition in this series is because they are playing the Oilers. And you have Connor McDavid, Leon dry and the players that are putting up uh nhl record numbers right now and they're like oh so why are the knights winning so that's where <laughs> i am with the dallas series um i can see this going six games and and seattle taking it i i really mm-hmm. like seattle's game right now i i really like seattle's game um i don't know maybe it's seven because i think i think it'll be tough for seattle to win um win win on the road in dallas the next time they go up there but or go down there. So that's where I'm at there. But then that leads to obviously our team, my favorite team, the Vegas golden Knights. Woo. 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 Yeah. Uh, So let me get to that game. So,
0: so they lost Saturday.
1: Saturday, No, they didn't lose on Saturday. They got absolutely destroyed, annihilated, (laughs) but they played into Edmonton's game. Um, It was a high penalty game. Um, the Oilers had 12 total penalties. The Knights had 16 total penalties. Yes, yeah, some of those have offset because there were a lot of fighting involved and this and that. But 12 penalties and 16 penalties—the amount of minutes that is—is is just so. The Golden Knights had 70, 70 penalty minutes that had to be served, and, and the Oilers had 54 minutes. This was an absolutely just beat to shit game. But you know why? It's because Evander Kane, who has now has the most penalty minutes. Uh, any player like he's got as many penalties I think I could I got to recheck this stat but I just saw it come across the screen last night that Evander Kane has more or has tied the most amount of penalties um, for him for a single player I think against like any series like throughout a series he obviously has the most against it but yeah Evander Kane I'll have to look that one up and I'll talk about that next time because obviously the series is not over but what a dick, by the way, Evander Kane is. <laughs> um, one of my least favorite players in the league. He's a cheap player. Uh, he's like a Tom Wilson and whatnot. So Keegan Colisar goes down to the ground and he's on top of Keegan in a defenseless position. Normally, if you go to the ground, it's over. I understand it's hockey. You know, you're gonna fight, but he's taking body shots to Keegan until the refs finally see. He gets like six body shots into Keegan Colisar while he's on the ground in a defenseless position and then puts him into a headlock. It's like how does he not get you know more than just a minor in that? Like it's absolutely, uh, or that one may have been a major because uh, there was there was four majors collected between the teams. It was just played played way into into the the Oilers games. I mean, Seidel had two goals, Connor McDavid had two goals and an assist. Like this game was absolutely just uh, Oilers written all over it there was no way the knights were going to win this game with how this game was played it was chippy it was high in penalties um evan bouchard had a goal so you know their their big are actually seeing um the knights actually out hit them this time around unlike game one where they just got almost doubled on hits um they did pull uh you Going, go I got five minutes. All right, cool. You got five minutes. I got this. Um, I'm wrapping it up here. <laughs> so, um, so I'm taking so long on the goddamn NBA. Uh, anyway, I know, um, I know. But uh, so they did. They did pull um, um, Laurent Brossois, and that's not because he was playing bad. It was just tough. To, tough to bounce back when you let forward in the first period, um, and your your defense is not playing well in front of you. You know, you're not taking. You're not getting that many shots on goal. It's tough for a, a goalie to be successful. So they were pulling him just to keep, keep his like, you know, um, mind like, Hey, you're not playing bad. You know, we're just pulling you because we don't want you just to get wrecked. And plus it would be good for Aiden Hill to get in there and, and get some experience, which it did help out. So that game's done played into the Oilers. Um, their coach keeps prying about them not getting enough power plays because they're, you know the Oilers, and just because they got the best power play percentage in NFL in NHL history, why aren't they getting more? It's like you know what, fuck off. Um, so in <laughs> this next game, very well disciplined by the Golden Knights last night. Um, wonderful to watch. Golden Knights thumped uh, thumped them five one. Uh, so we just switched it up on them. And the biggest takeaway is this: is uh, the Golden Knights did not um, let a penalty happen until. The very end, the very end of the game. I, I don't think the first one came until the third uh, third period, if I recall right. Um, they controlled the neutral zone. They made the Oilers go 200, 200 feet. So you literally, they had to go from the defensive to the offensive zone. To the zone. It was fantastic, um, which kept it a 5v5 game. And the Knights are better 5v5 team than the Oilers, and that showed last night is because they started getting goals in depth. They started getting their third line in. They started getting their fourth line in and producing more chances than the Oilers. They held – right. this is the first game that Leon Dreisaitl did not score these playoffs. Think of that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's absolutely yeah. insane. This is the first game. So, would that put it in, like, nine games that Leon Dreisaitl finally hasn't scored, which is absolutely insane. So, they held him, held him and shut him. The sad thing is, though, is Laurent Brossois did go out on, as we said, a non-contact injury. But Aiden Hill comes in off the bench, absolutely dry. And he had 24 shots against, zero allowed against this team. Jesus. wow! Yeah, off the bench. So normally, you know, you got to be like, okay, you know, this is going to be a little tough for a goalie to come off the bench, especially against the high-powered offense that is the Oilers. And Aiden Hill comes in. But this has been something that has been all year where the Knights have had a goalie carousel. They've had five different goalies play for them this season and just more injuries, more injuries, more injuries. So all these goalies have seen time. All these players have played in front of these goalies. And even if, say, now Aiden Hill goes out, you got Jonathan Quick, who was able to see about 10 games and players know his style. And I'm really excited that, Next man up mentality has been their thing all year. Uh, Jonathan Marsh still finally got two goals, which is great because he hadn't had a goal all playoffs. And so he got two, which really opens up that line. Um, Eichel, absolutely monster game, two assists, one goal. And after he scored his goal, kind of looks up to the Oilers because he did not get drafted first. He got the second pick against Connor McDavid, who is, you know, the superstar for the Oilers. So it was like, a, like an ode to like, hey, I had a monster game in Edmonton. You should have picked me. haha, bitches. And I love it. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Um, but also very hard hitting. Um, we did not – they were very disciplined. There was multiple times where Evander Kane starts checking and starts trying to get very chippy after the play, and the Knights did not engage. And I was really happy with that. Great discipline. They did not let the Oilers go on the power play. And, Yeah. That, There you go. That that That's my rant. I really like the Knights in this series as long as they can stay out of the box. And I've said it the entire time. And it showed. They dominated last night. Absolutely dominated last night. Yeah. They saved buck. They're, the, they're the better team, in my opinion. I think the Knights, I think it's a Knights-Hurricanes-Stanley Cup or the Oilers. I mean, the Oilers could come back. I expect to probably lose game four. But I like their answer in game in game three because you get whomped at home on game two you have to womp them in game three on the road and they did so i'm very happy with how this ended up but well I yeah think it's, the winner of this series goes on to the stanley cup and the winner or this the winner of this year's goes stanley cup and i think the canes go so that's my prediction and i really think either the oilers or the knights can beat the hurricanes um so yeah um I think this is your Stanley Cup final right now, this series, and it's Ooh. kind of showing that. <sighs> All right. All right. I know that was longer than five minutes that you said, but no, no, shit. You, you, you gave took too some long.
0: <laughs> you gave some good info. Right there. Casino. Uh, We will be back. We're going to wait till Friday because there's a bunch of big playoff games and the NFL schedule releasing on Thursday. So we can talk about all that on Friday. We'll be back Friday. I've been Will. That's Casino. And this has been the uh, Only Sports Podcast. Adios.